tis that time of the week once more when we fix our gaze upon the wonderful games that do take place on the fields of Aaron in the SSE or Tristy League podcast here on Newstalk.com. Why are you speaking like Damien Richardson? Um, I listened back, funnily enough, we did a piece on the show on Off the Ball there uh, last week where we mentioned his ridden rock solid rant. <laughs> and I don't think you can say the words ridden rock solid enough in association with Damien Richardson. And since then, just the ability and the want to speak like Rico has kind of entered my transom. So I'm like, can I, can I get away with some of it? Probably not. I probably will sound like a dickhead. And that's fair enough. He's I'd the only one who can speak like that and not sound like a complete tool. I've had the pleasure of, you know, getting to know Demo over the years and I like him. Well, you've just called him Demo, which suggests that there is more of a relationship there than you've previously let on. He's from Dublin and his name is Damien. What else was I going to call him? Rico. What everybody else calls him. Because that's his name. Oshin Langer. His name was Rico. Anyway. He wore a diamond. Stop that now. Uh, We have made another piece of broadcastural history. Oh, Uh, cool. Broadcastral is not a word, but I've just thrown it in there. Probably in a Rico-esque fashion. Uh, it's a Rico word. Previously, we have uh, outstripped the Chevy Chase show. Uh, what was the one we reached last week as well for five weeks? Much like the show itself, it's pretty forgettable. Um, oh, up late with McBain. Up late with McBain. Yes, indeed. We Fictional got there. shows count. <laughs> well, it does indeed. And this week, it is a piece of Irish uh, TV history and an important one on a landmark occasion. And a show that Ed Byrne wishes was fictional and didn't exist. Luckily, there doesn't seem to be any trace of it knocking around online. Uh, which is lucky for Ed Byrne and everybody else that was involved with the full six episodes of Series <laughs> 1, There Was No Two, of The Cassidys. It just goes to show how a, a fine comic and a fine talent like Ed Byrne, even he is not immune to terrible, terrible decisions in life. Well, several series of the panel will attest to that as well, to be quite honest. But yeah, the Cassidy. Do you remember watching The Cassidys? Yes. I, I, I see, I didn't bother, I don't think. I was at, what, 19? He was an actor. Yeah, it was rather overly colourful, if I remember correctly. It kind of looked like a sitcom, if you kind of think of the horrible ways that sitcoms used to look like. We've never been able to do sitcoms in this country. Uh, Surreal humour is what we do. Uh, and you're clearly not familiar with the series, multiples there were of, uh, Upperly Mobile. Or Leave It to Mrs. O'Brien. I don't remember Leave It to Mrs. O'Brien. Upperly Mobile, I, I distinctly remember spending Friday evenings watching Upperly Mobile, which starred Niall, I Made the BBC Buggy. Uh, as the rather posh neighbour of the couple who just won the lotto. Joe Savino, I think, was one of the uh, actors involved in that. I may be making names up again in a Rico yeah. style. Anyway, busy week this week, of course. We've had uh, Dundalk yet again running roughshod over the opposition. We had Shamrock Rovers being rough, run roughshod over uh, this week. And we have a Dublin derby to look forward to as well, and a rather tasty one at Daily Mount Park. That and GAA-style post-match interviews as well. Yes. There's talk of a siege mentality and it's all coming up in the rap with this man. They're all against us. Everyone starts going, here's the gaffer, quick! The national media was very disrespectful to us, you know, this week. They, they were discussing the Dundalk game and the boys knew about it. They were talking about the referee ruined the game for Dundalk and there were little innuendos and I made the boys aware of it that we never got mentioned in the Monday night programme which you watch every week. I thought it was diabolical, the, the way they treated Derry City again. We used that as motivation because they spoke about Dundalk and drawing at home. They spent 10 minutes in Dundalk and they, they had one line in Derry City. So we're happy with that. We'll stay below the radar. and It's going to be hard to stay below the radar when we're sitting top, but still we're mindful of, of the respect that is shown or maybe disrespect. They're all against us. 
We talked about the siege mentality tactic on last week's podcast and Derry manager Kenny Shields is running that playbook to the letter. That was him speaking to Drive 105. Stewie Byrne joined Joe and Richie on Off The Ball to discuss Shields' Originality. They never before used us against them tactic. <laughs> yeah. The what, media. Eh? Yeah, you know, See, I've, I've, I haven't heard that one before. What Kenny's missed there is the full feature that me and Ushian had on him on our no, podcast. I, yeah. I, do you know what? Well, I think what he's doing is right. You know, he's he's creating a siege mentality. He's saying it's us against them guys. They're buying it. So what? It's working for them. You know, that's the. I mean, I, I, any any of the, the 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 successful teams I've been involved in, it's very much been the case. You know, you really have to. I suppose it's a psychological thing to get your players to believe nobody wanted to do this. It's bottom side Longford at the City Calling Stadium for Derry this Saturday night. And that's not Stewie's primary concern though, as this Friday, 7th place Bohemians take on 5th place Shamrock Rovers at Daly Mount Park. That's the only game I'll be looking at this weekend, looking for a huge response off Shamrock Rovers. Um, haven't performed well in the Derby games in the last couple of years, and obviously coming out the back of a, of a, of a, of a poor defeat to Derry, they're going to need to to bounce back and bounce back quick. St. Pat's bounced back from their draw at home to Sligo Rovers with a 2-1 win over Finn Harps and Donegal on Monday. The Saints at home to Wexford Hughes on Friday night. Liam Buckley, the St. Pat's manager, has been speaking to the Donegal Sports Hub, and he told them what he feels his team need to do and what they need to improve on. We just need to be better when we're on the ball ourselves. You know, we've got to work hard at that because we've made our stamp or we've had a stamp over the last few years and we say we play and we just need it to be better. If we have that better, they won't have as much of the ball. You yeah. know? Well, look, we, I'll be straight from our point of view, we just need to get our performances better. If we perform better, we'll win more games. That's the bottom line. Harps host second from bottom Bray on Friday night. There's just three points between those teams ahead of that match. We're not sure if Harps boss Ollie Horgan will appeal his sending off last Monday again he spoke to the Donegal Sports Hub about what happened in Birmingham to be fair to me was wasting time I threw the ball and he, you know he, he turned his back to, 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 to avoid it no listen he, you know to be fair he set me up I was, I was foolish to do what I did it was totally not any harmless and, and look I shook hands with Ian afterwards and he'd laugh about it yeah. uh, as, as Liam had no listen once that final whistle goes you know we, we, they'll be shaking hands and we shook hands with everybody out there there certainly was no animosity once yeah. the final whistle so went so we can expect an appeal uh, look <laughs> no comment on that Charlie no no Galway United boss Tommy Dunn welcomes his old side Cork City to Eamon DC Park on Friday that's off the back of their 1-0 win against Finn Harps last weekend City drew one all with Wexford last Friday evening and they created many many chances they had something like 15 corners they hit the woodwork the keeper made great saves but ultimately they only got one goal from play in that match and didn't get any from play in the previous two games now speaking specifically about, about last Friday Lee Sider's midfielder Gary Buckley said he wasn't too worried that they only got the one goal. I wouldn't worry about that because we've scored so we had, we we created so many chances. We had probably easily ten goal scoring chances. So it was one of those nights that I wasn't going to go in. I wouldn't worry about us not scoring a goal because we created a lot of chances. Another night they'd go in. Wexford, who we've already said are going to St Pat's on Friday night, lost their first three games, but manager Shane Keegan insisted that they'll be fine. Having watched them at the uh, cross last Friday night, I put it to him that I can now see where that level of confidence came from. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, uh, to a certain extent, I know it is a case of making your own look. But then at the same time, um, you know, we were working that hard, but the look was going against us earlier in the yeah. year. You know, at the same time. But well, were guys a bit smarter tonight? Did they get into a position yeah. where they could get in the way? Did they did they do things that they mightn't have done in those games where you lost points? Definitely, definitely. And that's I, I mean, I spoke with with, with um, Joe and Stewie on the show the other night, and they, you know, I was saying that the one thing maybe we were missing was that bit of experience and that bit of game management, and that started to creep in tonight. You know, yeah. we were cuter um, in terms of. 
power when to tackle when to make a foul you know where to where to what areas to clear a ball into how to see out the last five minutes with with little game management um moves I suppose is <laughs> maybe what you'd call it um, so yeah look we're, we're learning we, we definitely are learning all the time and that stood to us tonight in a big big way but uh, as you said I mean the back four and the goalkeeper just outstanding Caroline the arse has ripped out of me trousers here that's Roddy signalling the end of the wrap for another week. Oshin's timing is still way out, but there you go. It's something we will work on. We Can should probably change the name. I mean, yeah, saying around seconds. the league in 60 seconds is somewhat false advertising. That's no, not really. Technically, we do go around the league in 60 seconds. You know, it's more than that. I've But the 60 seconds contained within the total amount of time. It's more like a movie, 60 seconds. Um, because I've no life, this is very believable. That's true. I, no need to be mean because I have no life I remember watching Independence Day for about the 50th time at home once why Independence Day for the 50th time because it's awesome and when the clock starts at the end when the bomb has been planted in the alien spaceship and they say you've got 30 seconds to get out of there careful of spoilers here kids (laughs) I timed it it was something like 2 minutes and 10 seconds before they got out yet it exploded when the clock went 30 in the movie that's really sad yeah, I feel I'm, bad for you. I'm really sad. You're one of those people who sits at home and times if the Top Gear lap times are actually accurate. And why And why wouldn't you do that? I'm just saying, there's a certain license in TV and movies that allow for time to be stretched. It's lies, Richie. It's lies. But, no matter what you know, way you cut it. If Simon, a lie is a lie. If Alan Davies can take a Suzuki Liana around a Top Gear test track 10 years ago on Dave in 1 minute and 52 seconds, I'm just going to take them at their word. Yeah. Believe. You know? TV always tells the truth, apart from Soccer Republic this past Monday night, according to Kenny Shields. That's right. They're all against us. We heard the clip in there. Again, Drive 105 doing a sterling job. Um, it is in or around the most unoriginal tactic there is, but still probably the most effective. However, Richie, yep. I noticed in there, not that I just want to copy the tactic, uh, you tried to raise a point when Stewie was talking about this and off the ball ah, yeah. he pretty much ignored you I was roundly ignored by Stewie That's, he doesn't pretty, pretty rate much, you Richie that's what they you don't rate, you know what those off the ball boys they yeah. don't rate us yeah, they're well, ignoring us Stewie Byrne can take all his medals all his cups and all his pots and his pans and chuck them into the nearest dustbin he can find because you've never won any of them fairly you've done it all by bloody cheating they're all against us don't rate this podcast. Well, you see, that's the thing. Kenny Shields, Kenny, if you're listening to this, and I'm sure you will be, someone's going to point this in your direction. Uh, we gave you ample love last week. <laughs> we actually did, jokes we, aside. We, yeah. jo- all jokes aside, Kenny. Aside from the whole feature we did on Kenny Shields, a full third we ignored Derry. Of last, well, a full third of last week's podcast was given over to the glory that is Kenny Shields and what he can bring to that little corner of the island, which is Derry City. And, you know, fair play to him for not picking up on that. Kenny, we won't be featuring you again. We Minna. will. No, we will. What are you talking about? His clips are brilliant. All right, fair enough, Kenny. You're gold. It's the typical thing of he'll go on about them being ignored. We we'll can't believe he's going on about them being ignored. But hey, listen, the clips are entertaining. Let's keep playing it. So what we're saying playing is him. we're better than Soccer Republic. Um, yeah, sure. Uh, joining us for this simulcast is Mark McCadden of the Irish Daily Star. Mark, good day to you, sir. Good day, Oshin. Um, what did you make of Kenny Shields' comments? Um, they were very Rico-esque, weren't they? Ridden rock solid. No, we could understand it, so it wasn't Rico-esque. <laughs> well, no, and it, and it was condensed down to a minute. It wasn't a full seven minutes of Rico ranting. 
pitch side is, down the cross. That was very true, but it's like you say, the oldest tactic in the book. I thought um, Derry got uh, plenty of praise for the performance. And I thought the sending off of Conor McCormick was probably highlighted as a greater injustice than the one of Chris Shields um, in the national media. But obviously, I was reading different papers than uh, Mr. Shields. They are doing remarkably well so far, Derry. I mean, whatever about uh, the talk around them on the pitch, they have been largely good. They've been superb. They really have. What's it down to? Because um, we, we figured we were talking about this last night with the horrible Stewie Byrne. Um, I'm joking. Who ignored you. He, he did he doesn't rate me. you. He that's why. He doesn't rate me. Um, but yeah, we talked about this last night and we're saying that pretty much everybody had banked on Derry struggling this season. Relegation was even spoken about. I mean, everybody looked at that squad and went, they've lost a couple of good players. I don't think they have the backups there for all the positives of McMahon and Rory Patterson. You know, everybody else is much of a muchness and they will be down towards the bottom of the table. Yet, here we are, they're literally toe-to-toe with Dundalk after taking a couple of points off them last week and now level on points with them after a pretty decent beating of Shamrock Rovers. Yep, absolutely. It was a it was a huge result against Rovers and a, a, a big surprise, but they surprised us all season. That, um, the opening night against Finn Harps kind of thought, you know, well, yeah, we're right about Derry City, here we go. It's going to be a real struggle for them. Um, but it's been superb organisation and, and you know maybe you should close his ears but huge praise goes to um, Kenny Shields for that um, he's he's made some really astute signings I I thought that you know Harry Monaghan has, has, has emerged he's looked a, great so far oh, he's been fantastic yeah. he really has been and, and you know well he got a great goal on, on Friday night against Rovers um, he's it it, it People were writing off Derry City at the, last year because obviously they lost the McElhenneys. They lost, they lost um, basically any semblance of, of goals within their side. And, and you always question is someone coming back to the club, i.e. Rory Patterson, will they have the same impact as they had the first time? I mean, he's he's been incredible since he's come back. He's he, he, he led the line on Friday night. He got the goal that his performance deserved. He's up there at Christy Fagan now. Um, but it's built on it's built on very solid organisation. Um, Ryan McBride is another player who deserves huge credit so far this season. He's been outstanding. Um, and some players who weren't performing for them last season um, are are just just outstanding this year. I mean, Dean Jarvis has been excellent again. And you have to put that down to the, uh, credit the manager for that. Let's talk about Rovers because in all of this them against us the national media are ignoring us talk we've kind of lost sight of the big issue from this game Shamrock Rovers and how poor they were uh, ok I've just given Kenny Shields yet another excuse there oh that podcast <laughs> I was they, just Shamrock Rovers they said poor. Rovers were poor yeah. they wouldn't give us any credit look Derry were good but Rovers Mark were, were very very poor and Pat Fenlon said after the game and I'm paraphrasing here that it was pretty gutless from his players and that they didn't stand up and that's the basic that you expect from a professional footballer and if that's happening this early in the season that's quite worrying yeah again we looked at um, Derry City and the signings uh, the players that they brought in and the players they lost during the close season and they the same goes for Shamrock Rovers um, you were looking for them to bring in goals that they might have lacked last year and I don't think they did that sufficiently well there was obviously Stephen Elliott was talked about as a potential signing and he would have been great if, if fit enough but obviously that hasn't been the case but so is the argument not there that they have the squad already in terms of goal scorers and the, the Danny North of this world to already make uh, an impact I suppose his fitness has always been a, a concern as, as it was last year um, 
they just they just aren't creating, I suppose. Um, and when you have the likes of Brandon Mueller there, you have to question why they aren't uh, creating the, the goal opportunities. Now, fairness to them, they have won uh, games this year that, uh, and Pat Fennan has said this himself, games that they probably would have drawn last year. They, you know, they've ground out results, but you know you don't expect Shamrock Rovers to be grinding out results. But this is it. He's basically admitting the performances aren't there. I yeah. mean, if, he, if he's you know saying they're grinding out wins that would have been draws, would have been defeats last year, he's still still saying that the basic level of performance hasn't altered all that much and then you go into a Derry City match who, and Derry City who are on form and to lose so comprehensively I mean at no stage I don't think the Rovers really look like making a, a solid impact in this game from the second minute to the last you know I'll be honest with you it just looks like Shamrock Rovers are in a bit of a rut at the moment I mean I know they're they're up there um, and you know they will challenge for Europe um, I've no doubt this season but they are a, a step behind Dundalk they're a step behind Cork I, uh, right now, they're a step, uh, two, uh, three steps behind Derry City, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually kind of scratching my head at the moment because you have very creative players. You've you've Gary McCabe, you've Mila, you've you've uh, Killian Brennan. You have a goal scorer in Danny North. You've a fellow last year, Mikey Drennan, who you're hoping would would kick on this year, and I'm sure he will. He's he's a he's a very talented player. They have a strong defence. So you're kind of wondering what's and, I, and I'm, I'm, I've, he's I've seen a couple of games this now, year. Pat Fenland, hasn't he? And he's done mm. that before. Has it worked? Or is it a well, sign of stress and a sign that things aren't going so well? I don't well? think it has worked. And again, I've, I've, what I've seen in Rovers this year was the 2 0 defeat to Pats, and then obviously, um, you know, highlights from, from Derry. And there's just been, you know, the, the, the performances have, have been lifeless. And mm. for, again, for the, for the players that they have there, you have to kind of wonder why they're, why they're, so, why they're so poor. Is that a disconnect between player and management? Um, I, I, I don't think so because uh, well, it, how can how can you say that about about a manager like Pat Fenlon? Mm. You know, um, well, maybe you have to question it. <laughs> maybe you do. Maybe you do. Um, I again, uh, I've seen them. You know, you've you've seen them grind out wins uh, so far this season where they mightn't have you know done so last year. So they've stepped up on that level. But there's clearly a long way to go before they're in any way near. Ultimately, uh, that's the thing challenges. that will frustrate them. It's the grinding out. Shamrock Rovers and Shamrock Rovers fans are used to, you know, I won't say marauding over teams, but they're used to being comfortable in games, especially when you have supposedly lesser sides coming to Tala and you're going to supposedly well, lesser sides. They're not Barcelona. I'm not saying they're not. I'm not saying they're Barcelona. I, I know you're not a Rovers fan, but this is something I often hear from Rovers fans. They go on like they're one of the European powerhouses and they play the beautiful game better than anyone else in the country and. Like th- but no, but there is an expectation from Rovers fans that they should yeah. be playing. No, there's football. an expectation, but and they've got the squad that would supposedly yeah. be able to do it. And that in its in itself puts a pressure on on the team, I suppose, and puts a pressure on the management when when you know, kind of things aren't going your way, and and you know you're 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 not winning as comfortably, or you're not performing as comfortably as you might be, and and all of a sudden the murmurs start coming from the stand. That can put pressure on on players, and you know maybe that's a, a factor in itself. And as if it wasn't big enough. Anyway, it puts even more pressure on Rovers ahead of the game against Bohemians this Friday night at Daily Mount. Mm, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I think it, this rivalry has always struck me as really odd because um, when Rovers have been, you know, on top, Bows have tended to get the results, and when Bows have been on top, Rovers have tended to get yeah. get the results. Yeah. Um, going to Daily Mount Park on Friday night on the back of a three 0 three 0 defeat to Derry City. Uh, you know, nothing less than a win um, is going to keep the Rovers fans happy. Rovers' record in this game in the last three, four years was literally gone down through the results this morning. It's relatively poor. It's like two wins in the league since 2012 against Bowes and they've been umpteen games. Now, overwhelmingly, there's been a bunch of draws in there as well. 
but for them not to have the level of success that they'd want against their city rivals, I mean, that's got to be a frustration for them. Yeah, I, um, I suppose there was one game last year where Rovers were utterly dominant in the first half. Um, they, uh, I think they were leading 1-0, if, if memory serves me correctly. It was in Dayman Park, I think they were leading 1-0 at time. But then it was Stephen McPhail got sent off. Yeah. Um, and uh, the game just turned its head it's in after June the last break. Year, yeah. Yeah. yeah, game turned its head, and um, Bows were just a different team in the second half. And whenever I see Bows play Rovers, I've seen I've seen Bows once this year so far, and that was against St Pat's, and and they were poor. So, um, but I've heard good things about them, and particularly Ayman Ben Mohammed um, subsequently. But whenever you see Bows, this Bows team against Rovers, particularly in the Keith Long era. Um, they just look like a completely different animal. Um, you know the the the, the intensity and uh, that they in their performance. I think it it, it 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 would frighten any side, and clearly it's it's frightened uh, Shamrock Rovers, and it's helped them get the better of Rovers. St. Pat's against Wexford is another big one. Uh, Liam Buckley, we heard him say a few minutes ago that you know they need to up the performance throughout the game. They got a good win away to Finn Harps last uh, Monday night. Before that, they drew against uh, Sligo Rovers. Uh, Wexford showed their grit and determination. I was at Turner's Cross to watch them get a draw against Cork City and yeah, they had to hang on in there and their keeper had to be you know, really good, which he was, and they had to make defensive blocks and Cork City hit the woodwork, but they got the result. So, it's kind of the last kind of game you want really if you're Pats, going up against a team who are just going to sit deep, defend, possibly hit you on the counter-attack, which they can do through the likes of Danny Furlong with Paul Murphy supplying the ball to him. He sprays it around, he's, he's brilliant to watch. So it will be a tough game for Pats. Yeah, Wexford are really getting the hang of this playing in the Premier Division. Um, the last, obviously, they they came up and I expected them to maybe get a couple of hidings, um, but they haven't. Even you know Dundalk, Longford in the the earlier on in the season, you know they've been narrow, narrowish defeats, um, and now they're starting to pick up results. They're starting to bounce. They they, they were desperately unlucky against Bowes mm. not to come away with all three points. Um, they're solid. They're, they're again so much in in the League of Ireland is about how well organised you are and for a club like Wexford um, you know once you have an experienced goalkeeper and he was excellent last year in the first division he's really coming into his own now you talking to you beforehand you you were talking about his Manuel Neuer moment (laughs) Um, he came out and made a perfect tackle at the edge of the box and if he got that wrong he was off yeah but he's so experienced and that experience is going to count so much for for Wexford uh, throughout the course of this season and Pat's last week against Sligo I mean they literally had one chance and they, they got the equaliser and that was it. They Again, a side that w- with bundles of creativity, it, it, but it's not showing at the moment. Are they side adjusting to squad adjustments, I suppose, in the off-season massive, more than anyone? Massive squad adjustments. I mean, you think of the midfield last year, you had Bulger, you had Brennan, you had Forrester, uh, you had Conan Byrne, uh, one side of, uh, well, not Fagan because he was injured for, for quite a while. And, and um, you know, now all of a sudden they've got... Uh, New players, Timlin, you've got the Dennehy's, you've mm. got a brand new central kind of midfield. Um, and, you know, you, you'd expect with the quality of players they have that they'd be clicking by now, but it just hasn't happened for them um, so far. And like I said, if they perform against Sligo, or sorry, if they perform against Wexford the way they did against Sligo, it, it, I can see Wexford picking up another big point. So much remains in Christy uh, Fagan's shoulders to remain fit this season because he's an incredible player when fit, it's keeping him on the pitch that's the massive task, I suppose. Yeah, now, in fairness to him, obviously he came back uh, late in the latter half of, of last season. Um, 
he he was talking yesterday actually when he picked up the soccer writers player of the month award mm. about how he um had you know he, he how he uh, came back from his injury and um he's been 100% ever since he he was taken off against Dundalk he he was basically picked up a bug from his 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 baby and it happens <laughs> and he was uh he, he you know he basically had to come off at half time in that game but the games I've seen him in so far and I've seen it quite a good bit of paths this year He's just needed one chance, and for a small lad, he's scored so many headers. But he's just—he's like a snake in the box when a cross comes in. Seriously, if you can imagine a snake's—you know—kind of slithering yeah. like this, the way he just gets around his man at the last minute is the timings of his runs are are amazing. I don't think he's had to jump for one header so far yeah. this season. You know, it's all about his, his movement and getting in front of the players. But he—he's—he's he's been a one chance, one goal striker this year for Pats, and. If you know if if that dries yeah. up, then they're in trouble. But right now he is just in incredible form. Is it true that he can shed his own skin? I've I've actually seen it happen. I've okay. actually seen it happen. So yeah, yeah. he was out for half a season for Bose because he did just that. <laughs> he did it way too early in the season, and then ah. was just left exposed. And he had to like, basically go home and spoil himself in a lot of camel lotion and bandages. No, that happened. It wasn't pretty, but you know. It okay. Um, look, Galway United against Cork City has the potential to be a good game. We heard um, Gary Buckley talking about Cork City and the fact that they weren't worried that they didn't score um, more than once against Wexford last Friday night. Galway United in great form. Vinnie Faherty in great form. I think Stewie hit the nail on the head a couple of weeks ago when he said in a complimentary sense and in a football sense, I might add, that he's a sniffer. He'll always just pick off that goal. and Sniffers you know, and snakes. What a week this <laughs> is. <isn't. laughs> that's, uh, that's exactly what he's been doing this season. Four goals already in the league. Yeah, uh, again, it's been a really strong start to the season for strikers. Um, with obviously Fagan and Patterson over five, Vinnie Faherty's been flying for Galway. Uh, I remember the opening night of the season against Pats, and um, you know it was an absolutely stunning uh, turnaround to to pick up the win. They were um, they were just this amazing counter attack inside. And again, talking about chances per goals ratio, I think they had the three chances and they scored all three. Um, Fahdi, uh benefited from very generous defending on the night now, but obviously he's continued that um, goal scoring streak. Uh, he's been excellent. I remember actually talking to Tommy Dunn after, or we were uh, as a group of journalists we were talking to Tommy Dunn after. You could have just said you. We would have said that's amazing. I know. Yeah. No. It was it's a big relationship. Yeah. Absolutely. Let, let, I actually, let's give away a state secret here. When a journalist says, and I was talking to X, Y, and Z. Don't. It means don't that there was a group. What? Whoa. What? Come on, you're gonna what? Oh my God. And Bruce Willis was dead the whole time. <laughs> oh, thank, you. Oh, thank you, Mr. Blow the picture for me. Go on, Brooke, sorry. So I had had my arm around him, and we were, <laughs> we're, we're on away. the sofa. Yeah, I lit the yeah. candles, cracked <laughs> open the bottle of wine. What a wonderful image. Uh, we're <laughs> And it was, you know, it was almost like a, he was delighted with the win, but there was almost yeah. like a sense of panic as to what the what it might do for expectations at Galway uh, or in Galway. And uh, you know, they've actually followed followed up with some really impressive performances and results. And you know, again, you talk about the importance of of you know. Sorry, just in terms of strikers been so good and and so sharp in the league so far this season, where Fagan is is crucial to Pats at the moment. You you look at Fardy and think uh, he's absolutely crucial to Galway, but they're much more than just him. I yeah. mean, Ryan Conley in midfield has been outstanding so far. John Sullivan, who's who's gone from Bray, like you know, he's he's been around a few different clubs. He was at Dundalk for the first season under Kenny, played a right back. He's in midfield now, and and he's been excellent for them. Um, so you know, again, and, uh, you know, bring it back to organisation. They're superbly organised side and uh, they you know Fahdi has been brilliant but they are more than a one man team Can I ask you and I know this is rather cheeky to ask you about a story that appeared in another publication uh, in the Irish Sons League of Ireland Didn't see it out. Uh, the, the, You are aware of the, the Sun newspaper you've heard of it No now. 
Okay, um, it's a it's a tabloid newspaper. No. Rupert Murdoch owns it. Um, <laughs> all the King's men are being assembled to put the League of Ireland and national team is back together again. Sunsport has learned that the FAI are to assign a scout to each club to monitor players to see if they are worthy of making the step up to international level. Under 21 boss Noel King has written or will write to all 20 clubs in his capacity as the head of international player ID. Um, so in other words, they're going to get lads to watch games, which I would have assumed that is they that were Is that not what you're supposed to be doing anyway? Yeah. <laughs> is that not the job of the FAI? Martin O'Neill was already doing that, having gone to a lot of games. Roy Keane the same. President Higgins the same. I... I <laughs> President Higgins. <laughs> I figure that. I figure he's, you know, he's, he's got nothing else to do in that job. Vinnie Farhadi's going to be on the plane to France now all of a sudden. <laughs> exactly. Is this something that needs to be organised, or is it a case that if a player is good enough, they'll get the call? I mean, look, Gary Rogers wasn't called up to play, but he was called up because of what he had done in the league. Um, I'm sure there are other examples of players who've trained with the squad or who've, you know, played in the league, then gone on to England, then got into the squad. It seems like if the FAR are doing this, it. It's kind of unnecessary. It's something that really should be going on anyway. Well, funny story about um, well, not not funny. Yeah, funny. Haha. I'm I'm telling a great. You know, I'm I'm obviously picking up my own little story here now. But uh, I'm taking the credit for Gary Rogers' uh, selection because um, he basically so. he, he 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 met he met with Martin O'Neill at the soccer writers banquet back in January, um, and he got talking to him then about you know league players been called in even for training and so on. I was the one who did that table plan. I put them on the same table. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> And did you look at the table plan and think, okay, we can't put this guy between this guy because they've had a family. <laughs> is it like a wedding? It's, it is pretty is it much actually, like a wedding. Genuinely, yeah. League of Ireland, there's a lot of bitterness in this league. And I say that as, a, as someone who goes to the games, but I wouldn't call myself like a, you know, a, a League of Ireland man. I mean, there is an awful lot of bitterness in this league. So I imagine that table plan is actually quite difficult it, to do. It can be quite stressful. And, and because you're kind of doing it around Christmas, New Year's, yeah. New Year time as well, it does pretty much ruin that period for you. <laughs> who... Who do you not put together? Give me names here. I really can't. <laughs> I want to see. I want to be at the table with Roddy and I just think Roddy and Dermot Keeley. <laughs> They're best friends now. They're, I mean, do you not see the columns? I d- yeah. Well, I saw that that he's defended Roddy um, and Roddy's thanked him in in his column and it's uh, in his Irish Daily Star column. Read every Monday. <laughs> um, no, he's they're best of friends now. So I'm I'm actually going to put the two of them right beside each other next year. Just sorry, just on the the this uh, Kingmaker story um, in the paper we've never heard of. Um, it's basically. I, I think it's on important. a podcast that no one's heard of. <laughs> I don't th- read us, Richie Stewie Byrne. <laughs> I think it's important. Um, actually, I think it's important with the development of the under seventeen and under nineteen leagues yeah. that we have uh, as much exposure for the players playing in those leagues um, to potential international call-ups. And the more players we see from the likes of the Rovers and the Pats and the Bows and and Derrys and Corks in our under seventeen and under nineteen squads, yeah. um, and this is obviously that's, that's where the concentration needs to I, be rather than because you, oh I don't I, yeah. I don't see this leading to an influx of of League of Ireland players into senior international side now. Okay, Mark McCadden, thanks for joining us on the uh, SSE or Tricity Lee podcast on News Talk. Thank you. It's intermission time. We're happy to have you with us tonight and hope you'll come back often. They disappear so quietly, don't they? They do. And as I quite clearly said last week, we start Mm. and run right through. We don't record this in bits and then patch it together later. No. Clearly, Bye, Mark. He's not even saying goodbye. Can you believe what that? an ignorant sort. No Just wonder he wouldn't name the other paper. That's classic McCadden. Typical McCadden. He's not coming back on here in a while. So McCadden. Remember his uh, cameo in the Cassidy's? Do I? That was in episode four. 
when he was the neighbour who came round for the land of the lawnmower and everybody was like he's not going to give it back what's going on Mark you don't even have grass what are you doing crazy (laughs) neighbour he was the crazy breakout character yeah he was six at the time right O'Sheen yes we have to come back to this game that you mentioned this apocryphal tale that seems to have occurred down at the cross in terms of international football and the Irish team uh, in the recent past well not recent past this is knocking on 28, 29 years ago 1988 Uh, and I'll pick you up on something first as someone who's from the south end of the country someone who's from Waterford who supports Cork City you're from Southern Ireland it's it's, and I can a lot of people ask me how I can support Cork City yet be from Waterford how can you support Cork City well the answer is very simple I'm a hypocrite well good point support your local team Cork City in my case Turner's Cross is technically closer and well quite frankly Cork City were always much better anyway well um, and I lived in Cork for a great deal of my life two and a half years is a great deal right this isn't a therapy session okay anyway yeah, yes a, a couple of we're doing nostalgia pieces about our own podcast which only started what six, six weeks, weeks ago okay well okay Cassidy's. I have told a story a couple of weeks ago when it was confirmed that Ireland were going to play Belarus in Turner's Cross on May 28th about a game that took place there pre-Euro 88 and I half remembered a story about John Aldridge having a penalty saved by Alec Ludzik who's sadly no longer with us and I kind of thought to myself, that in my head seems like it could be real, but it also could be like one of those dreams that you have that seems really real. And when you wake up, you're like, was that real? Did that, ha- did that happen or was that a dream? Turns out it wasn't a dream. Because when I was at Turner's Cross for the Wexford uh, Court game last Friday night, I bumped into David Ludzik, who's Alex's son. Amazing. Yeah, who's, and he's a very respected football writer. Yeah, yeah. And I asked him to confirm the story that we told a couple of weeks ago. Was it all a dream? It was Munster against the Irish team before they went to Germany in 88. It was Turner's Cross and uh, Alec Ludzik saved the penalty from uh, John, John Aldridge in the second half of the match. And I think, it was, was, were you saying it was uh, Jack Shard wasn't too happy afterward? It looks a really tough decision, but what it does... It gives Aldrich, who scored 11 times from the penalty spot this season in his 29, the chance to bring Liverpool level. Saved brilliantly by Bessant. Yeah, he wasn't too happy and he said it to your dad. Yeah. What were you doing saving that penalty? He needs confidence and your dad said something to the effect of go out of that he couldn't beat a 40 year old. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Sounds he like something your dad would have said. He was only 38 though at the time. But is that, like, is that something your dad would have said? Oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. He was just laughing at it. But uh, I think uh, Aldridge missed the penalty just two weeks beforehand in the, in the English Cup final when Dave Best had saved it. So I think Jack might have had a bit of a, a, bit of a point. <laughs> Amazing. There you go. You didn't get anything on the Irish cement jerseys though, did you? No, I didn't. Damn you! I really want to see one, one of those again. One myth at a time. Uh, it does exist. There is a picture of Tony Cascarino in, in an Ireland jersey that says Irish cement because he was hard as a rock. Even I was letting that one go. Um, but Sorry. that that definitely that definitely happened, the, the Irish cement jerseys. Definitely happened. 100%. And you have concrete evidence? Uh, that'll uh, just about round it up uh, for this week thank you to Mark and thank you to uh, Kenny Shields for the undying entertainment this week and for Stewie Byrne for making an enemy of me 
and everyone well. else and everyone else he's angry let's go through the fixtures in the Premier Division on Friday night Bohemians take on Shamrock Rovers Dundalk up against Sligo Rovers Galway United hosting Cork City in what I'm terming the Tommy Dunn Derby St Pat's meet Wexford Youths with my new best friend Shane Keegan in charge of Wexford and obviously Finn Harps hosting Bray Wanderers in Finn Park in the First Division UCD take on Drogheda and Waterford United under Roddy Collins take on Shelburne in the Premier Division on Saturday night Longford are up against um, Derry City I've never heard of them. Are they they good? Because uh, they, they never get any coverage in the national media. Surely they are. They're are not they mentioned on uh, team. They're not mentioned on Soccer Republic ever. So I don't, vroom, why would you have heard of them? <clears throat> in the first division, runaway leaders Limerick, <laughs> who are eight points clear of UCD, take on Cabin Tealy and Cove Ramblers take on at Lone Town. That one kicks off at seven fifteen at six thirty. Um, that's the kickoff time for Limerick against Cabin Tealy in the markets field and I heard Stewie talk about I'm Limerick I'm praying for you Cabin Tealy by the way for the, in that fixture because Limerick are just decimating that poor division they are absolutely on fire and Stewie Byrne said that basically they've been able to keep their players keep their budget and uh, they're cruising through and the thing is is the markets field is, is a great venue in the sense that it's right in the middle of town Yeah, like I spoke to Donald Sullivan at the Limerick Post last season when they were going back there was it last season they went back there uh, yes it was it was uh, toward, just after the start of last season yeah Yeah, he back. said that it's, it's a great move and in the long term, it's going to add to Limerick. Obviously, it wasn't enough to save them. They were unlucky not to stay up. But look, Asher they look like they're on their way the back. Season. It was bad for half of the season they really did them in last year rather yeah. than the second in that playoff. Exactly. Harps, there you go. Exactly. As always, if we haven't mentioned your team or haven't uh, gone into your team Middles. in depth this week, it's because we do not respect you. We don't respect you and you don't have a place on Soccer Republic we on Monday to. evening. Yes, absolutely. Is it not Monday night soccer now? Here come League Weekly. Okay. Des and Noel King <laughs> I miss that show I miss Noel King on TV I know he's the under 21 manager but we need him in a punditry spot ASAP well I'm sure that role keeps him busy hey Noel you're welcome on the podcast anytime we'll probably have him on at some point yes okay uh, at Hoshin Langan on Twitter at Richie McCormick on Twitter we'll talk to you next week we'll leave it to Mrs O'Brien it was Maureen Patrick's having to do at the office tonight and she needs a babysitter just for a couple of hours ah but it's your bingo night uh, Father Michael yes Father let me do the babysitter no 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 Father I wouldn't hear of it I volunteered I, I want to do it okay